for children than the woman who lives with her husband. On this Mother's Day, a little bit different sermon message here today. But I want to talk about supernatural motherhood. Supernatural motherhood. And among other things, I want to show you how our eternal salvation hangs on this very subject. Supernatural motherhood. Now, first of all, Sarah, as you look into the Bible, she was the first one that had a supernatural uh, birth. Remember, she was barren. She was Abraham's wife. And uh, she couldn't have children when she was, you know, young. And you can take that down now, that scripture. Uh, she couldn't have children when she was uh, was young. And now she's 90 and Abraham is 100. And uh, the Lord showed up at her house one day along with two angels. And... Uh, Came into her house and uh, told her husband, Abraham, that Sarah's going to bear a child. And Sarah was eavesdropping. How would you like to be 90 years old and you're eavesdropping? And, uh, and you hear the Lord with two angels uh, talking about you and telling your husband that you're going to have a child. And, of course, Sarah laughed at it. And uh, one of the things that one of the heavenly visitors said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And as I go through this today, I want this to minister to you. I want you to think about it, whether you're a mom or not. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Yes or no? No. And the heavenly visitor, whether it was the Lord or one of the angels, said, I'll return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. And how many of you know, the nine months came and went, give or take, and Sarah had a son. Does anybody know what the son's name was? Isaac. And Isaac is one of the ancestors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We needed Isaac to get to Jesus. You know, after the flesh, you understand that. Without Isaac, we don't get to Jesus. That supernatural birth was very important, wasn't it? That supernatural motherhood of Sarah was very important. And you know, as you study the Bible, it's clear from the book of Hebrews that it was by faith that Sarah was able to have a child. She had to believe that nothing was too hard for the Lord. I think that's one reason that we don't receive from God as we should is we think that things are too hard for God. But there's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing too hard for him. And we must also remember that all things are possible to him that believes. And then that was the first supernatural birth. And then, of course, Isaac marries this lady named Rebecca. And Isaac was 40 years old. He marries Rebecca. Now, Isaac had a supernatural birth. 
Because Sarah was barren, you know, we just talked about that. But then Isaac was 40 years old. He marries Rebecca, and Rebecca is barren. That means she can't have children. She can't have children when she's 20 years old. And Isaac prays, and we could look all these scriptures up, but we'd be here for hours and hours. So you can look them all up and see, see if what I'm telling you is right. But Isaac prayed for her. And the Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. Does anybody remember what those twins names were? Jacob and Esau. And Jacob's name was later changed to Israel. We needed Jacob to get to Jesus because Jacob is in the ancestral line of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see how supernatural child, uh, supernatural motherhood is important, isn't it? And it's interesting, as you study this, Isaac was 40 years old when he marries Rebekah. He's 60 years old when these twins are born to his barren wife. 20 years of praying and believing God. You know, most Christians I know get upset when the answer doesn't come in 20 minutes. He believed God for 20 years. Abraham, before believed God, was Sarah for about 25 years. And again, I know most Christians, including myself many times, we're upset when the answer doesn't come in 20 or 25 minutes. Let that speak to you. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Does he answer overnight all the time? No. You have to stand in faith. Believe God. That's what Sarah did. And that's what Isaac did. And then Jacob, whose name was changed later to Israel. Jacob marries this woman named Rachel. Now he had another wife named Leah. And while we're on it, multiple wives was never God's plan. Okay. He made Eve for Adam, right? And you can see in the New Testament that the, it talks about the elders of the church that they should be the husband of one wife. It was never, multiple wives was never, the, never God's will. And you can see multiple wives like Solomon. He had probably more wives than anybody and it messed him up. You know, one wife is full-time job for me. You understand? As blessing as my wife is. But can you imagine having 300 wives and then 700 concubines to boot? I mean, can you imagine that? And it messed him up. So one wife is the will of God. Somebody say amen. amen. But that's another subject for another day. So, But anyway, he had, I think it was Rachel and, and Leah, wasn't it? But Rachel was barren. And it's interesting, with Rachel, she was watching babies being born all around her as Jacob was having children with his other wife and handmaids. Have you ever been in a situation where everybody around you was getting blessed? And the blessing, the thing you wanted so bad, the desire of your heart just never came to you. Has anybody ever been there besides me? And you watch this one being blessed and that one being blessed. And this one's getting just the exact thing that you've wanted secretly in your heart that you've desired. And this one's getting it and that one's getting it. This one's being blessed and that one's being blessed. And you get to stand there and watch. And then God's watching you to see if you're going to really rejoice with them from your heart when they get the blessing that you've been wanting so bad. 
And God's watching that. Has anybody ever been there besides me? And you have to deal with all those interesting things in your heart. Of You're not resentful, but you're not jealous. You're not begrudging them. But you sure would like a piece of that action, wouldn't you? Well, that's where Rachel was for quite some time. Everybody is having children except her. Is breaking her heart. But the Bible says God remembered Rachel's plight. And you have to remember that about God. That many people will forget. And not be sensitive to the thing that's a desire of your heart. But God remembers. And he'll never forget. And God remembered Rachel's plight. And answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Anybody know who that boy's name was? Joseph. Ever hear of Joseph in the coat of many colors? Now, Joseph was not an ancestor of Jesus like these other two that we mentioned, but he is very important. As we'll see, he's probably one of the greatest types of the Lord Jesus Christ that you have in the Bible. And then another uh, supernatural situation of motherhood. We see this man named Manoah. We don't have his wife's name, but he was a godly man. And his wife was unable to become pregnant. And they had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you have to watch about the angel of the Lord appearing in the midst of impossible circumstances. Because oftentimes when the angel of the Lord, who's actually the Lord Jesus making an Old Testament appearance, it, when it talks, the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord, many times it's really the second member of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus making an appearance in the Old Testament. And you got to watch, watch, uh, watch it when Jesus shows up. In the Old Testament, in the midst of impossible situations and odds, because many times it's to announce that a supernatural birth is about to take place. And so this man named Manoah, his wife, is unable to become pregnant. They had no children, and the angel of the Lord appears to her. Very dramatic way appears. It says, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. It's quite an interesting appearance that, that this angel it really was the Lord. And, and he appeared at one point, he went, they, they made a sacrifice and, and he, went up in the, he went up in the flames of the sacrifice and just went back on up to heaven. Very interesting. And... This couple was told that he will begin to rescue, he'll begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Does anybody know that young boy's name that was born? Samson. Now again, Samson, not an ancestor of the Lord Jesus, but uh, a type of Christ in many ways. But another super situation of supernatural motherhood. Have you had enough or are you thirsty for a few more? Okay. And then here's another one. This man named Elkanah. How many glad you're not named Elkanah? Elkanah had two wives. Hannah and Peniah. And Peniah had children, but Hannah did not. And Peniah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. 
Whenever the Lord is keeping you from something, you need to not get a bad attitude. That's hard to do. But don't get a bad attitude. Don't get down in the dumps. Hard to do. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't start feeling sorry for yourself. It's hard to do. But whenever the Lord, in this case, whenever the Lord, he did. He closed her womb. Wouldn't, wouldn't allow her to have children. But you've got to get to the end of the story before you make final judgment. Because if the Lord ever does keep something from you, it's either because that thing ultimately will hurt you or it's just not the right time. But in the end, he has something far better for you. You just need to remember good things come to those who wait. And so, Paniah, this other wife of Elkanah, would make fun of Hannah and... Year after year, say year after year, year after year. Do you ever think uh, about year after year? Anybody ever think about that besides me? Year after year, year after year. I'm watching all these people get all these blessings. And, you know, we don't begrudge them anything, but wouldn't it, again, wouldn't it be nice to get a little piece of the, the action, you know, the blessing? Year after year, year after year, year after year. Paniah would taunt Hannah and they went to the tabernacle and... Each time Hannah would be reduced to tears. And even it would get to the point where she wouldn't eat. She was so so depressed and down in the dumps. I think I would have been too. And Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. She said, oh Lord, if you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I'll give him back to you. Excuse me. He'll be yours for his entire life. And she was praying to the Lord. Eli the priest. I'm sorry. Was watching her and said. Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. And soon say, who, who was her son? Samuel. Isn't that wonderful? It's just the presence of God. Excuse me. God's good, isn't he? See, you have to wait to get to the end. She was being made fun of. and But God answered her prayer and helped her and opened her womb and gave her the one of the foremost prophets of the Old Testament as a son. He was the founder of the prophetic institution in Israel and anointed David as king. And I don't see where Hannah ever went back and chided Paniah for making fun of her. She just went on rejoicing that God answered her prayer. Is that wonderful? Wonderful, isn't it? She didn't look to get revenge on the person that made fun of her. She didn't look to... Rub it back in her, in, into her nose or anything, did she? She made good on her, on her vow and she gave Samuel to the Lord. Is that wonderful? Can you see God? I mean, if you look at it at the time when God had shut her womb, you're thinking, well, God is, is a meanie maybe, but you know God's not a meanie. You know, he's, well, what, what's going on here with the Lord? Why is this, why is this happening? But God had, had a plan, didn't he? Isn't that wonderful? 
And then there's another one, the Shunammite woman. She was, she was wealthy, but she was without a son. No children. And she was kind to the prophet Elisha. And Elisha would pass by her way where she lived with her husband. And she prepared a room for Elisha. And Elisha just wanted to be a blessing to her. And again, this woman was wealthy, but she had no children. You know, you can't put a price on a child, can you? You just can't. How many of you know that children are worth far more than money? Not even close. She had all the money that she she needed. She didn't have a child. I think a lot of times people that that have children, they 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 may not have a lot of money, but they have children and and you know, be blessed. You've got children. And uh, Elisha just wanted to be a blessing to her. And he said, can we put in a good word for you with the king or the commander of the army? And the woman said, no. She didn't need a good word put in. She wanted a child. And so she replied, no. But later, later, Elisha asked his servant, what can we do for her? And the servant replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And Elisha told his servant to tell her, next year at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. And sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. We don't know what his name was. And he was not an ancestor of the Lord Jesus, as far as we know. But you'll see why he plays a role here in a moment. And then the next one is Elizabeth. As we come over into the gospel accounts, Elizabeth was unable to conceive and she and Zechariah were both very old. Uh Uh-oh. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple and an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Watch out. Here we go. When that angel shows up in the midst of impossible circumstances... Many times it's to announce a supernatural birth. And Zechariah, he's in there minding his own business. Now, certainly having a child was a desire of his heart and Elizabeth's heart. There's no question in my mind about that. But he's in there just serving God, doing his doing his duty, you know, as a priest. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John the Baptist. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He'll prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. And again, is anything too hard for the Lord? All things are possible to him who believes. Now, it's interesting in this case, the angel was not the second member of the Trinity. It was Gabriel. And the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. 
But now since you don't believe what I said, you'll be silent and, and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. In this case, most of the time you have to believe God. Most of the time. But in this case, God was just going to do something. And he did it. And within just a short time, Elizabeth became pregnant with John the Baptist. The greatest prophet Jesus said ever born of a woman. Isn't that something? Supernatural birth. John was not an ancestor of the Lord Jesus. But he was his cousin. And very vital as we'll see. And then finally we'll go to Luke the first chapter in the 26th verse. Luke the first chapter in the 26th verse. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Here comes the angel again. To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Well, I'm sure glad that supernatural birth took place, aren't you? Verse 32, he'll be very great and be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? How can it happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come, up, will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. In verse 38, Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And the, the interesting thing about this birth, as compared to the other ones we talked about, the other ones, now they're all supernatural. But this one is the most supernatural of all because with the others, a man was involved. But with this one, there was no man involved. Uh, this one was supernatural. It didn't involve a man. Uh, had a virgin get pregnant. Now, isn't that something? How many of you are glad for supernatural motherhood? Glory to God. Just think about that. If it wasn't for supernatural motherhood, we wouldn't have Isaac, we wouldn't have Jacob, and we would have never got to Jesus. Is that something? And then it's interesting, as you look at each of these supernatural births that we talked about, other than, other than Jesus, because his is set apart, obviously. But each of these supernatural births we've listed for you today pointed to Jesus, or was a type of the Lord Jesus, or pointed to some specific aspect of his life. Listen to this. Isaac, he was the first one. Now, they all have this in common with the Lord Jesus, a supernatural birth. But again, Jesus's was mega supernatural because there was no man involved. But listen to this. Isaac bore wood on his back and, and was about to be sacrificed on the exact same mountain where thousands of years later Jesus would carry the cross to be crucified. Isaac is one of the major types in the Old Testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting 
Isaac's father, Abraham, the Bible said Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. But did you ever think about what it was that Abraham had to believe? He had to believe in a supernatural birth, the birth of his son. And then he also had to be willing to go out there and sacrifice his son, which he was willing to do. And he had he was ready to sacrifice him. Remember, and the angel stopped him and there was a ram caught in the thicket. Remember that? But before they ever went up on the mountain, what else did Abraham have to believe? The Bible says that he had received his son alive again in a vision. Isn't that right? So he had to believe in a supernatural birth and and in a supernatural resurrection, you see. The same thing we have to believe in, that Jesus was born of the virgin and that he, he died on the cross and that he was raised from the dead. Can you say amen? So you see, Isaac had a supernatural birth just like Jesus and he was one of the greatest types of Jesus that we have. In the Old Testament, in that Isaac went right up to the very place where Jesus was sacrificed some thousands of years later. Isaac was a type of the Lord Jesus. And then Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, he dreamed a dream one time. Remember that ladder? And he saw the angels ascending and descending upon that ladder between heaven and earth. How many remembers that? And Jesus said of himself, he said, you'll see the heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man. You see, Jesus is that stairway, that link between heaven and earth that gives us access to heaven through what he did. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And so that's what Jacob and Jesus would have in common. And then Joseph... Joseph is one of the greatest types of Jesus in the Old Testament, even more so than Isaac. Joseph, listen to this. Joseph was sent by his father to his, first of all, they both had a supernatural birth. Joseph was sent by his father to his brothers with food. Jesus was sent by his father to his brethren as the bread of life. Joseph was rejected by his brothers. The Bible says Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. Joseph was sold for the price of a slave. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. Joseph was tempted, resisted, and falsely accused. Jesus was tempted, resisted, and falsely accused. Joseph was sent to prison. Jesus was sent to the cross and to hell. Joseph rose from the prison to the right hand of power, which would be Pharaoh. Jesus arose to the right hand of power, God the Father. When Joseph was exalted, he was given a Gentile bride. Jesus, now exalted, has a Gentile bride. Joseph's brothers bowed to him. And and there's going to come the day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory to God. Joseph saved his brothers. Jesus saved us. And then Samson. He was a judge. Jesus is the great judge. Samson had the Holy Spirit come upon him mightily and he did mighty things. Jesus was anointed. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Samson began to deliver God's people from the power of the devil. Jesus finished the work and completely destroyed and obliterated the power of the devil. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And then Samuel was a prophet. Jesus is the prophet. The Bible said Samuel grew 
and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. The Bible said that Jesus in his humanity grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And just as Samuel's words never fell to the ground, everything he prophesied came to pass. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the words of the Lord Jesus Christ will never pass away. You say that Shunammite woman, you know, that wealthy woman who Elisha helped out, you know, and said, you'll have a have a son. How is that? How does what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, what I didn't tell you about that son, which you can go read and I'd advise you to go check me out on all of this. But if I went through all the scriptures, we'd be here till three o'clock this afternoon. But that woman's son died sometime on down the road. And was supernaturally raised to life by the Holy Spirit through the ministry of Elisha. And of course, you know, Jesus died and was supernaturally raised to life by the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only difference is, is that young boy that was raised from the dead died again. Jesus raised from the dead will never die again. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? And then finally, John the Baptist. Again, these all had... The supernatural birth in common with Jesus, as I've said. But John the Baptist, not a type of Jesus, but rather the forerunner of Jesus. The one who made the way for Jesus to come. You understand that. And John cried out and he said of himself, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And then he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said that of Jesus. And then John said this, he said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Glory to God. How many of you today are thankful for supernatural motherhood? I'm grateful for every one of those supernatural births in the Bible because our eternal salvation Hung and hangs upon it. A supernatural birth. Jesus was born supernaturally as we've said. A death. He died upon the cross. And he was raised from the dead. And if you'll believe upon him. You'll be saved from your sins. You get born of the Holy Spirit. And then if you want to. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And you'll have the power of the Spirit. In you and on you. Can you say amen? Did you get anything out of this today? Well, happy Mother's Day, all you mamas out there. Stand with me if you would. My assistant's going to come and close up the service. Amen.